This is Richard Solomon, and I have the unbelievable honor, and I'm so appreciative to be with, with someone who, I guess, I feel like I grew up with, and to me, is just an incredible legend, and just the honor of being with you. This is Cousin Bruce Morrow, and if, if you've lived in New York, you have to know uh, him from either radio or television or satellite radio, and we're at Book Expo in New York at the Javits Center, and he just wrote Rock and Roll, and the Beat Goes On. And in many ways, it's almost a book that's sort of like about pop culture, not well, just it music. it is pop culture. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's really the second in a series. It might be a trilogy, but it is the second in a series. The first one was doo-wop, and that really traced the, the origins of music, of rock and roll. And it really, I went back to slave trade. I went back to gospel. I went back to the big band, and then I ended up in, in uh, doo-wop which is, you know, vocal harmony, and it's the well, God's gift to the human being is his temporary gift, by the way, the human voice, the most beautiful instrument of all. And uh, what I'm trying to do with that book, that was a book that I really, I was really worried that the genre was going to disappear, because programmers today just don't understand that music doesn't get old. If it has it in the grooves, if it's good music, there's not such a thing as getting old. Mr. Beethoven and Mussorgsky can uh, testify <laughs> to that. So I wrote that first book. But that book was my journey. The book I just finished that's going to be coming out very shortly is called Rock and Roll and the Beat Goes On. This is my witness book. That is a difference. I said journey and witness. I witnessed this because I, I grew up during this era, and it takes part from 63 to 1973. Now, how we ever got out of that decade with our skin, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Until you write about it and you put it together, you don't realize... What an amazing, dynamic, crazy generation and decade this was. And what talent. Oh, the talent. But And the book, you know, the book is kind of interesting. What comes first, though? The cart or the horse, you know? Or what, the egg or the chicken, the chicken right? right, right. Uh, music is based on culture. Culture then t stimulates the poets, the artists, and we have something called music. So this book has... Uh, written in, and I'm going to explain why I wrote it the way I do, because it's written in the way I speak. It is not a so textbook. Authentic. No, it's not, no, it's not a thinking book. It's a, it's a fun book. I want it to be fun. Yes. yes, it's yes. a heart book. Yes. It's a witness book. It's going to be when I say witness. So it was written for people to enjoy. Every page you open up is color and it. It says, hey, I'm a party. And you're going to say, oh, God, I remember that. There's cars and there's news events. And Good and bad. Yeah, yeah. TV shows, movies. Right? The clothes we wore, the things we ate, and of course, all surrounded by the poets' music, right? And the music, of course, is so diverse in the '60s. But we have everybody in there. Yeah, so the mamas and papas, mamas and the papas, the Beatles, Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and uh, Billy Joel wrote the epilogue, which I'm very proud of. Brian Wilson, Beach Boys, wrote the forward. My friend Petula Clark wrote Downtown, the preface. Right, yeah. So I mean, everybody got into this book. Now the book, I have to warn everybody. Is a book that you probably get a hernia from. <laughs> you have is, to be careful a, the way you look. Meaty book. And, this, and the one you have here is just a proof. The other uh, real book coming out will be hardcover, of course. This is a proof book. It'll be it'll weigh even more. <laughs> now, I made a big mistake. I made a big mistake. What was that? I should have been paid by the pound. Ah. Not for Cousin Brucey. <laughs> I should have said, I'm going to be paid by the pound. Dickens got paid by the work. I should be paid by the pound. This thing is a, a son of a gun. It's a big book, it's a coffee table book. And it's a, a book that everybody should have in their library. Give to their kids. But, but there's a lot of love, because I see the love for music 
and and the people of music and the musicians all in the book. And the guy asked, how many people in these books? Like, you must know all these people. He's yeah. like, oh, these are all your friends in a way. Everybody in this book, just about everybody is my friend. Exactly. Right? Even the news people, even the people in the events. I knew everybody. They all came to me with Cousin Brucey or they listened to me. So you know what? And it's not I'm not doing this braggadociously, if there's such a word. I'm doing this out of love and I'm, I'm just Sharon. sincerely so grateful to these people to allow me into their lives. You know, that's, that's the way I feel. And that's the way the book is written. But it must be very cool to be sort of one of these people in New York, for example. And you're in everybody's home. Everybody knows who you are. You've all been a part of our lives. We've all grew up with you. We all know you, and we listen to your insights, the way you talk to people. And you're so comforting because you've always been there with us. Well, you know? that's you know, it's kind of nice to to know that there's something of a tradition still around. It's like a. I always look at myself as sort of a conduit, a bridge. I've been very lucky because I am very close to my audience and I'm very close to people in the business. Right? So I'm this conduit, and that is luck. I am, I'm a very fortunate man. I'm the kind of guy I love going to work. I'm still on the air. I'm on my Sirius XM broadcast. What channel? What channel? I'm on Channel Five, right? And Channel Six. I do cruising with Cousin Brucey okay. on Wednesdays, okay. and it depends what time zone you're in because I have to get used to that. And then on <laughs> Saturday on Channel Six, and then my shows are repeated. But I insist that they're live. I, my deal with them is that I have to do live shows. I'm a live broadcaster, right? I think that's a rarity right. now. Very, yeah. yeah, it is. Everybody. Uh, you know, I say to the kids, let's tape, and they don't they look at me. Listen, it's a very young business today. Well, there's I'm no like tape a dinosaur. <laughs> I know. So they say, What's, what, do you, what do you want to do? I said, tape. Oh, I beg your pardon, record. It's di digital. Pardon me. You know, what is tape? It's like uh, it belongs in a museum. How do you feel about being on satellite? How's that different from being on regular FM? Well, very different for me. I am free, literally free for the very first time. Very free for the very first time. Uh, I can say what I want perform the way I want to. I produce all my own shows. I have a, a library of thousands and thousands of, of records. And uh, somebody in Seattle will call me or Toronto, and I don't know the music. I don't, because it's a regional hit. I have it. I can play it. That's awesome. Uh, I, I have freedom. I'm flying. I'm flying on a satellite. I, I must say, look, I'm not going to be detrimental to terrestrial radio, because I had, that's what developed Cousin Brucey. I had the greatest time of my life, David. I only hold the, the, the greatest regard for them. However... If I have the choice, there's no choice anymore. I'm flying. Cousin Brucey is flying on a damn satellite. Well, that's, that's you know, you can't be bigger than that, no. you know? It's wonderful. So speaking of music, I see here there's a CD. Talk, talk, can you talk about that for a quick minute? Well, you know, the, the CD is sort of an adjunct. It goes along with the book. Uh, it's available. The, the, there's a gentleman here who owns something called oldies.com. Okay. And this is, I give away a lot of the music on my shows, and he owns collectibles records. And he and I are good friends. So he looked at the book and he said, and also my do-up book, we put a, an album out. He says, how about let's put an album out and uh, we'll sell the album with the books or sell it alone. Uh, you know, music be the food of love, play on. Okay. Shakespeare. That's right. And I'm playing on, I'll never stop. So like, the music is fun. It sort of goes with the with the album if they want. I see this is volume one. How many do you plan on having all together? Well, he's, claiming, he's thinking about 101. There's wow. that 101. It doesn't there get you out go. of my life. <laughs> So what are, what are there other future books coming out? Is there something you know, beyond the 70s? There, there, yeah, I, I think there's one more book of this nature in me, okay. 73 and 83. I like to sort of follow a series. So as I said, this is number two in the trilogy, maybe. Okay. Right now, I'm, I want to rest on I, I have a lot of work to do in this book. It's not even out yet. Everybody's going nuts. Everybody wants me to, you know, I do appearances and I speak. You know, I love to talk. So I'll go in front of an audience at a library or a bookshop, and I'll talk for an hour. And then I take questions. Then I'll sign the books. 
right? That comes last. So I'm getting booked now all over the place, and the publisher is now saying, well, what are we doing next? I have a couple ideas. I want to do finish this trilogy, because right. to me, music stopped at about 75. Well, <laughs> That's not nice. That is not nice to say. <laughs> about 75. Uh, but I think the next one, I'll, I'll carry on from 74 to about 83 or thereabouts. And then I have some books uh, that I want to do. Okay. What, when you wrote this book, was there anything that was like a revelation to you or just something that kind of hit you that you never kind of thought about? Yep. Interesting you say that because I do not understand how we survived <laughs> the 60s. <laughs> now, I didn't realize, you know, until you really write a book and you start collecting all the events in our lives, both positive and negative, but we went through a lot of hell, a lot of tough emotional things. Uh, I mean, from Kent State and how we got through with the McCarthy era in the 50s. I don't know. So I don't know how we survived all the things that we went through, uh, racial, racial, politically, I mean, assassinations. How did we, heck, we get out of it? You know how we got out of it? I think music helped us. Well, the music helped us. Didn't music better express it in those days? Because there's a lot of political problems and economic problems now, but it's not necessarily as reflected as thoughtfully or as expressively in today's music as it was back then. Well, you know, I wonder about that. An interesting thought, interesting comment. I think every generation has to reflect and use the poetry of the streets, which is music, right? Right. Uh, in their own way. So today, hip hop, rap. I, you know, I don't particularly like it. Although I go on rap stations because they did cousin Brucey. I'm a homie. I'm a homeboy. You know, and I do it, and, and they love it. And I listen to the music, and I try to understand, and I try to remind myself that this is their time. This is their poetry. They are relating to what they see in their lives, so it's relevant. My music. 50s, 60s, 70s is very relevant to me. And you know, we grew up in that era. That's right. But you can't put down any kind of music. And once again, music be the food of love, play on. There you go. Well, thank you so much for your time. I wish you nothing but tremendous success, both on the air and in book form. And I also want to thank all the people who were gracious enough to let me have the time to be with you today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank right. you very much. Thank you. See you on the radio.